The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It never is, but especially not on Super Bowl Friday. We're, of course, presented not only by DraftKings, but by Bear Aspirin, the official sponsor of fans' hearts. You know, we got a lot to get to. So if I have a chance and time later on to be able to get to the winners, I'll do that. Otherwise, I will name the winners on Monday's show, the Spread the Word winner, sponsor confirmation email winner, YouTube shout out. I have all of them. I just want to make sure we get all the other stuff in here, including the shout out for Doug Phelan, our patron of the day, patreon.com slash RT Media. Jack, it's the last time that we have any interviews from opening night. And I went deep with the Niners offensive line coach, Chris Forrester and the Chiefs defensive line coach, Joe Cullen. So kind of cool to get one of each guy uh, that uh, they're battling against each other, their guys are battling against each other. They're actually very complimentary of each other. So we'll start with the Niners on the offensive side of the ball with their offensive line coach, Chris Forrester. Nobody else is having the O-line coach and the D-line coach on their Friday show to really give you a trenches matchup for the Super Bowl. It's big show time. The Big Show. But I got I got Coach Forrester here, one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. Uh, I got a bunch of questions for you, but I'll start with this one. What is it about Kyle's offense that uh, puts offensive linemen in a good position often? The number one thing that, that I felt when I started working with Kyle and Mike Shanahan and when players come to us, it, you, it, everything fits. So as an offensive lineman, I say, okay, this first play of the game is a, is a naked bootleg, right? But use this rep. You've got Aaron Donald as your three technique. Use this rep as a wide zone rep against Aaron Donald, knowing that you have room for error because it's a naked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we have a, a, any play like that. You say, okay, we're running a play action pass. We're running a run here. Okay, use this run to set up. We know that play action pass is coming off that run later. 
use that to set up that. And so as a lineman, if you, if you, if you understand that, you know, as some guys don't, they get in the league, they're young, yeah. they're, just, they're just plays. As you understand how the, play, the plan fits together, I'm using one play against another. I'll tell a player on an inside zone, this shade, hey, understand, guys, this formation on this play reeks of outside zone. So when you would normally think block a shaded nose a certain way in an inside zone play, you can sell out outside zone because everything that he's studied on tape says outside zone, he's going to run and it's going to be an inside zone cutback. And so things like that, players can really use our offense. That's what Kyle and Mike have done for a lineman and a line coach. And then just being able to fit it all together for them. And that's my job every week is to present it to them so they can possibly take those pieces and use them. You know, it's funny. I used to, uh, McNally taught me this, but I used to mess with my splits a lot. And it's so funny. I would do it usually on plays where it didn't matter how wide I was, right, or tight. And, Coach, I, I go wide, and they'd be like, wide split, wide, watch this, why It was nothing. Yep. It was nothing. Yeah. I was just doing it to mess with them a little bit. I always tell people, too, like, when you get to the point where you've been around the guy next to you enough, when you're making dummy calls, yeah. that that is like, that's next level. It, and people don't realize all those little things that you guys have to teach them. Yeah, we do. It's it's a it's a process every day. How everybody uses similar calls on protections, and so many times now, teams are getting into uh, the, the the trend has been over the last I don't know how many years it's been to get everybody into five o five on five blocking. That's yeah. been the trend. Not so much overall blitzes, and there were fire zones for a while, all out blitz zero. But this is like how do we get a one on one matchup with everybody, or how do we get our back keep the back in and still drop you know enough yeah. guys, all that stuff. So it's much more. But everybody uses the same call. So soon you're telling everybody before the ball's even snapped. They, they all have one-on-ones. They all have one-on-ones. And they, you, they, they may or may not, but, but that's what you got to be careful about all your calls. You have to constantly vet that stuff. And because everybody's wearing a microphone now um, so that everybody in the world can hear it, the defensive line coaches of the world sitting there and study and hear your calls, and, and they all know whether you're working right or left, and the games are all set when they hear the center make a call. They, they usually go off the back, but if they can hear a call, they're going to go off the call. And so there's just so many different things. Now, a good, as you know, a good dummy call here and there, and – an oversplit when it shouldn't be, and next thing you know, they got to go back to their base. They'll they'll say it in a heartbeat. Now the guys will say too, we act, we get that that's not a, that's not a tell anymore. That's not a tell anymore. We got you know, and that's good too. So there's it's a game within the game that really has to be played, and only a veteran player can really do it. As you know, Ross, it takes time. It's funny how many guys over the years, coach, have told me, whether it was Houston with Kubiak or uh, Washington or Atlanta, like tight ends. Receivers, O line, running back—they all say uh, Sage Rosenfeld's quarterback. They all say Kyle's offense—it's really designed for my position. If, if, if every guy at every position thinks it's the ideal, it thinks it's the ideal offense for their position, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's really good that way. And I think I've, I've heard the same thing. It really, your quarterbacks—they want to come play Sam this year, right? They want to come be part of the system because of what it brings to them. And every the line—we've already talked about the line. Tight ends the same way. It highlights a lot. You, you get to show everything in this offense. You show yourself as a blocker, pass catcher, and Kyle does a great job of utilizing all the different pieces uh, in, in this offense. How much of a difference does having a fullback like Uzcheck make, just in terms of like the second and third level guys not used to some of those fits, not used to taking on some of those blocks? I think it's become more, you know, 21 is not a personnel grouping that's very popular in the NFL these days. Have a guy in the backfield. So the way you cut defenses, how the angles with which they take on blocks, um, that's why I say what a fullback does. You know, the difference between a one-back and two-back offense. One-back offense, everything is on angles, and, and there's there's not a fullback to kind of cut the defense in different ways. And so a two-back offense does bring you that, and uh, we're hopeful that, uh, you know, that's, that's what Kyle does for us. It does allow you a lot of flexibility in your running game. Trent, um, he's been the best 
and quarter, according to a lot of people for a long time. What, what jumps out to you the most about him? Now my number one, I always say this, when, when I was meeting with him in San Francisco, or I'm sorry, in Washington, when, uh, when uh, Mike Shanahan said to me, he goes, hey, he goes, uh, who is like this guy that you've coached? And I'd coached Ogden and Randall McDaniel at that point, and, and they're like, I said, nobody coaches, nobody like this guy. So first off, he's a physical phenomenon. He's a freak uh, from, from a physical standpoint. And secondly, just the way he looks at the game, I don't think anybody realizes, when I was a rookie, you think he's this kid, you know, from Oklahoma. He was one of the more intelligent rookies I've ever coached. I would say Trent Williams and Warwick Dunn, who we had in Tampa, two guys that came in and just saw the game at a different level for a guy that age. So, number one, he's so athletic. When you look at his body, you wouldn't think he's as athletic. He's not like a ripped-up guy. And then, secondly, some of the stuff he does, whether it's stretching the front side or even, like, like slingshots on the backside, he's so much smarter than people realize with how he gets stuff done. Right, that's what he did. He studied how teams play him on the backside with when they play back into him with long arms. And he's over, what's the best way to stop a guy leaning into in the pass? You knock the, arm, knock the arm down the run game, all of a sudden he's created this backside cutoff technique that he's done. It's not me. He's, he's done it. I'm like, yeah, well, they're not calling it. Keep doing it. And it works. It's effective. And, but he's the one that can pull it off. He has the quickness to fight with his hands and still finish with his feet. And he's just, uh, like I said, he's always thinking. And that's why I always am challenged to uh, – to make sure when I talked about things that we've thought it through and I have to approach them from the right standpoint of Trent, hey, this is why. The why's behind it all. And then if he gets the why's, he, he can, and he might put his own spin on it as well. What jumps out to you about the Chiefs front? And they just, they're a well, well coached defensive front. Joe Culliner, defensive line coach, I've gone against many times. The guy's an outstanding football coach. Their defense is well structured with spags. They know their defense is all tied together very, very well, coordinated. They have answers for everything. They're multiple in what they do. They've got a star player in 95, and they've got other really guys that fit what they do. It's just a well-coached, well-oiled type defense. I mean, it's just it's really hard to find creases in it. Great talk with me, man. Have fun Sunday. It's very nice to meet you, Ross. Thank you. Awesome stuff there with Coach Forrester. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. want to talk and have you guys get a chance to hear what I had to say as well with the D-line coach for the Chiefs, who I've known a long time, Joe Colon. But first... You know what to do on Sunday. Make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your bets or whatever team you want to win or just watch the game while your food and drinks are on the way. So that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, so much more delivered straight to your door. And you know what I'll be doing? I'll be washing it down with some Labatt Blue Lights. Been having a lot of those bad boys out here in Vegas all week. Drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. It's Joe Cohen time. Uh, I'm, I'm here with Joe Cohen, the unsung hero of the Chiefs defense. How come I hear all the stuff about Spags and all the players? When are people going to realize, look at your track record of D-lines in your career. It's ridiculous. Well, first of all, it's a blessing to be with the Chiefs. You know, Coach Spags is a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. That was a big reason I came there, Coach Reed. And I tell you what, we just have a great group. We have a great group, Ross, because they're really, we got Chris Jones in the middle, George Kalafis on the edge, but the guys like Mike Dana, Charles Omenu, Omenu, who, who uh, unfortunately can't play in this game, Turk Wharton, got Mike Pinnell, guys that just grind every day. Just a great group to coach. I was impressed by some of the guys like Wharton that you mentioned and, and Mike Pinnell when you've had other guys like Nadi go down, that they still, I mean, I think 
Mike was on practice squad, and you guys can pull him up and give you good reps. Absolutely. When we lost Derek, Derek was one guy. He's steady Eddie. He's going he's gonna to do a great job at the nose. He's going to anchor well. Great on the double teams. He's super smart. And when we lost him, you, you don't realize what you lost till you, till you do lose it. And then Mike stepped up, gave us some great reps, and now we're looking for the same thing from Neil Farrell, who gave us some really good reps last week. So we're excited about the opportunity to go defend uh, last year's Super Bowl. You know, it's interesting. I had nine different O-line coaches. And when I try to tell people, even if you take O-line coaches out of it, position coaches matter a lot. Like, I can even tell you, Joe, teams I was on where from one year to the next, the running backs and pass pro, it was the same running back, same guys, but they were way better the next year than they were the year before. Do you think that the fans or the media realize the importance of position coaches? I don't, I don't really think they do. I think, I think that the, the day in and day out grind, Andy Hack, one of the best offensive line yeah. coaches ever been around. I was with Andy in Jacksonville. I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. I mean, Brendan Daly's a great football coach. Dave Merritt, you know, Donald D'Alessio, and the Terry Braden, my assistant, Rod Wilson, guys, I mean, Alex Whittingham, just the guys that do their job and their role, and that's what Coach Reed and Coach Spags do a great job. The role that they have, is it's, it's, it's as important as the coordinator. Sometimes the head coach makes your role important as his, and, and I, I think that the everyday fan doesn't realize that. And, and when you get a group of guys that are committed to what you're trying to do and what you're trying to do with them, the power of the group is unstoppable. You know, looking at you guys, you have a talented team, but maybe not to this level in my mind, right? Like, I, I don't know that you had a team to have. So you'd be second in the league in both points allowed and yards per game allowed. Um, and it hasn't really been any individual guy. It's kind of been everybody, I feel like. Now, your, your DBs are good, but everybody's good. Well, it's an interesting that you say that. You know, from, from the first day of training camp, and really go back to OTAs, the guys took pride in flying. Coach Spags does a great job, you know, uh, putting guys in position, but also demanding perfection, not only from us as coaches, but players. And I tell you, they just bought in. It's, a, it's an unselfish group. I mean, Sneed, McDuffie, I mean, you name it. I mean, then you look at Bolton, then you look at, at Drew Tranquil coming in, get Willie Gay, the Beast, Leo Chenault. I mean, we call him the Beast. And then the guys up front. Just, Who's the beast, Leo? Leo, yeah. Beast one. We have another one. Mike Pinnell's beast two. But, but, I mean, just those guys understanding their role and then being relentless every time they're on the field. And when guys, you know, you know from playing this game a long time that, you know, we always talk about leading the NFL in effort, right, and doing your job. Well, it sounds easy, you know, go out there and play hard, but not everybody does it. That, to me, as a coach, if you can get your guys to play as hard as they possibly can, you get a chance every Sunday. So what's the coaching point with all the play-action stuff, all the boot stuff that you see from San Francisco? What's the coaching point for the D-line? Because it's so hard to get a transition rush if you're playing run for the first two seconds or you're running laterally for the first two seconds. So what's the coaching point for those guys against what the Niners like to do so much? Well, Coach Shanahan, going back from his dad when I first got in the league when I was in Detroit and he was in Denver, you know, just that wide zone, and then here comes the boot. The wide zone, here comes the, we call it a seal, play action, max shot, pass. Looks yeah. like boot, but it's not boot. Well, I just, the guys just have to feel it, and they have to keep pressing the pocket. And the ends have to feel the difference between the wide zone 
and then the boot, being able to not go where he's going to be at, but, you know, making sure they're running lateral to where he's going to be. Because it's so hard to transition rush ever, but let alone if you're running sideways trying to not lose your gap like that. And that's what they do a great job of. They, they make it look so much like run, and then they hit the deep shot. They might be max protecting. It might be boot. Someone's coming wide open in the flat or the deep over out. It's just one of those things where your eyes have to be where they belong. You can't guess, and it's a feel thing. Are there any different fits for your DNs, whether it's some of the double tight end stuff or getting use check involved that present themselves differently than what you guys see most of the time? Yeah. Or is that more a second and third level guy? No, this, I'll tell you, for the defensive ends, it's really a challenge in offense because your eyes have to be locked. If you're a five technique, they better be locked on the tackle. He go, we have a saying, he goes down, you go down. Because they get all the bluff element with the, with, the, with the U tight end bluffing going out. They want you to go out with them. Here comes the kick out. Right. So you just get to stay true to what your key is and then do it 100 miles an hour. Joe, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Have fun Sunday. Yeah, I appreciate you, Ross. Thank you. Awesome conversation with Joe. Absolutely love that dude. Just like I love whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind. And you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. So the one last thing I wanted to do before I get into my game prediction, I want to make sure you guys have an idea of what you need to be doing for your bets this weekend for the Super Bowl, right? So maybe you're just going to a party and it's, you know, those boxes or whatever that they have in the Super Bowl pool. Or maybe, you know what, maybe you are going to bet a little bit on the Super Bowl. Well, if that's the case, you absolutely need to listen closely to what my guy Steve Fezzik, he's the co-host on the Even Money Betting Podcast. He's got just some beginner's tips in case you guys want to get involved with any of that stuff for the Super Bowl or just be able to talk about it with the people you're with at the Super Bowl party. Here's my guy Steve Fezzik. Talk to me, Steve, about where we're at with some of the most common mistakes that people make in Super Bowl betting. You already talked about people um, hitting the over, over a lot. What else? Yeah, people bet too much money on too many long shots thinking, well, I'm going to be fine. I'm probably going to go like 7 and 13. So they make 20 bets. And you know what? Let me emphasize, if you want to bet $5 on 20 things, it's fine. You're having a good time. It's like being at the roulette wheel. That's a-okay. But don't go and bet 20 things for $100 each and think you're going to roughly break even because you could have a horrendous Super Bowl. It's um, I, I go back to that New England 13-3 uh, to 3 win over the Rams. That was a Super Bowl that, like, literally the public, they bet, like, everything over and all these extreme things to happen, and they lost everything. I mean, like, literally there's guys that went, like, 2-18 and 18 in that Super Bowl that bet 20 things that were betting on strange um, things to happen and high yardage and the like. So... Um, limit your bet size. Don't be looking to play a whole bunch of pluses. The poster child, when I first came to Vegas, Ross, my first Super Bowl in Vegas, Denver was playing the 49ers. So uh, Denver got absolutely annihilated. The halftime score, I believe, was 28-3, to 3, 
And the dude next to me in the first quarter, I saw him rip up a ticket. And he said, I can't believe I, I wasted a buck on this fella. I had to see what he played. And there it was. Player to score first touchdown, Ross. Wait for it. Sammy Winder, 5-1 to one for the Denver Broncos. The running back who used to have that awesome dunk when he would go, 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 whop, when he would throw down the ball. Um, Sammy Winder should have been like 15-1, to one, not 5-1. to one. So those are the sort of bets. That's like the poster child. Don't pick some obscure player to get the first touchdown or even like a known player that's so unlikely to get the first touchdown. You're just, you're lighting your money on fire. That's fine if you're betting $5 a game. Don't bet big on stuff like that with those long shots. <laughs> Sammy Winder, five to one. But that's people, it, it's like, that's what the, tempts the people to do. That You know, that's what they're tempted to do. You know, like that's what they're, they, they want to bet first touchdown score or anytime touchdown score or stuff like that. Yes. And also bet sizing. You know what? Don't make your biggest bet of the year on the, on the Super Bowl. I assure you, like throughout the – Ross and I have had tremendous success. There's some years Ross has done better than I. Like last year, there's some years I do better than Ross. But um, the bottom line – and we actually had a down year with our best bets where we were right around break even, right around 500. But I assure you – our best bets week seven are going to do better than anything we can come up with on a Super Bowl. So bet your normal amount on a Super Bowl, have fun with it, but don't suddenly make your biggest bet of the year on the side or total. The numbers tend to be much tighter in the playoffs and then finally in the Super Bowl. Unless the only exception is when there's a public team, and probably the best example I can give Ross is that Green Bay Denver, that Super Bowl, we're talking about Broncos Super Bowls. You know what? John Elway and company were getting double digits points in that game. And it's unbelievable to even believe that Terrell Davis and company could be catching that many points. But Denver had been so bad in previous Super Bowls. The narrative was that Elway chokes and Denver can't play in the big game. Well, you do have situations that do come up in Super Bowls where there's the public versus the pros. But this is this really is not one of them. Got it. What about... Um... The, the boxes that people do for Super Bowls, Steve. Yeah, they're really fun. The the squares, they're properly priced. And that, you know, I've, I, this has just exploded in popularity where you, we all go to that party and you get this and you get your square and you get the five and the eight and you're like, what have I done to deserve this, right? So now you get to pick your numbers and it's kind of cool. Again, it's fun. So if you want to take $5 and bet on the zero and the zero and the seven and the zero and the seven and the three and have a good time, that's cool. You're not going to win doing that. I mean, it's all been solved. It's all, I mean, you've got this database of games. We know how often every one of those numbers hits. I do think the Super Bowl, because it's been so slow starting, the zero zero has just been incredibly good in the first quarter. But uh, in general, it's fun, but you're not going to make money betting on that. What about Steve? Uh, lastly, we got about thirty seconds here. Um, Gatorade color and/or anthem time Th doesn't it usually come out, and you can try to catch on there before the number moves up too much. Yeah, predetermined outcome. If you see, let's talk about Gatorade. You see purple twelve to one, and then purple is two to one right before the game kicks off. It is purple. Um, if you see the national anthem go up two seconds in length as you blink, and all of a sudden. Wait a minute, an hour ago, it was two seconds lower. Well, guess what? They're going to hold the notes. The anthem is going to go over that original number. Follow the money. It's predetermined. And bet on whichever direction 
you see that money moving at a stale book. Paul Roberts loves doing stuff just like that. Want to know which team is going to win every single game on Sunday? Then listen up. All right, Ross, it's time. We're finally here. Super Bowl 58. What are you thinking? Always mixed emotions. Always mixed emotions right now, Jack. I can't believe we're here. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that we're here. You know, I love the Super Bowl. I love watching the game. I love that guys are going to get a chance to be champions and hold the Lombardi Trophy and all that stuff. But I'm also sad that the season's coming to an end. As a reminder, I think most of you guys know, we do this year-round. You know, we're not going anywhere. Starting next week, we'll be three times a week. It's typically, by the way, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But we will be here three times a week. And then all the other shows, College Draft, Even Money, Fantasy Feast, they're all still once a week. So you guys will be set there. I'm going to start by, I'll give you my logic afterwards, Jack, but I'm going to start by making my pick of the week, which is sponsored by DraftKings. Stay tuned because you'll hear more about DraftKings and all it has to offer throughout the show. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Listen, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think it's wild that they're the underdogs in this game. In my opinion, they've played much better in the postseason than the 49ers have. Chiefs have been the better team in all three playoff games, including at Buffalo, at Baltimore. The Niners, very fortunate to win both those games. I feel like if these teams played 10 times, the Chiefs would win seven, maybe eight. So I'll take the Chiefs to win 24-20, but you never know. This might be one of those two or three times that the Niners would win. That's why we play the game. It should be awesome. As for getting into some specifics, Jack, of why I feel that way, Boy, there's a lot, right? I mean, first of all, if you think it's going to be a close game, I think it's a tough argument at this point to go ahead and pick a team like the Niners over the Chiefs. I mean, we now have seen what happens late in games for the Chiefs when they're in these contests. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. But I think what's even more concerning, like what would be the area where you feel like the Niners have the advantage? I mean, that's what's wild right now. The, the 49ers have not played as well on defense. They've been getting run on. The Chiefs' defense is clearly playing better than the Niners' defense right now. I think the Chiefs' offensive line is playing better than the Niners' offensive line now. And then, of course, I'm going to take Mahomes over Brock Purdy. The, the way the Niners win the game is turnovers, and if they run the ball extremely effectively, it might happen. I'm certainly not predicting it. I hope you guys have a terrific, terrific weekend. Enjoy everything. We'll be back bright and early Monday morning. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out to MyFrontPageStory.com. You guys know how I feel about it. Love me some MyFrontPageStory.com. It is incredible, and it's not too late to get a gift for a loved one for Valentine's Day. MyFrontPageStory.com. Also love BackOfficeScheduler.com, SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture, and Pizza Boy Brewing.